Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Ward and my guest today is Jermaine Stone of Crew Love Wine and the Wine and Hip Hop Podcast. Welcome. Monty, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much for having me on. We're thrilled. We are really excited about this one, I can tell you. The uh, weight of expectation, Jermaine, are, is on your shoulders, but I think you can handle it. Um, I hope I can deliver. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you, um, your entry into the wine world was 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 sort of fortuitous wasn't it wasn't it how did that come about yeah you know i was uh i'm from the bronx uh the bronx new york and it is not very wine centric uh so wine wasn't really something that i thought about i was uh looking for a job for college uh to to assist in paying for school I found myself at a wine storage facility, uh, which was connected to Zaki's auction house. And um, the rest is history. I really just worked my way up from uh, from the storage department uh, all the way up to logistics manager and, and later at Wally's becoming auction director. Well, OK, well, that's quite a. Let's just let's just dial back a little bit on that from going to sort of uh, <laughs> humping boxes to uh, to that position. What? Just give us a little bit more detail about. It. You've been very modest about that. I mean, how did you <laughs> how did you crack that ceiling? Yeah, well, you know, it was. I really um, I focused on hard work and doing the things that other people were not willing to do. You know, uh, Zaki's was a great place to learn. Everyone was very passionate about wine and also sharing wine culture. Uh, so I became interested in the cultural exchange of working there. You know, I was working with many different types of people that I didn't grow up with. And um, they were curious about my experiences the same way that I was curious about theirs. And they would um, teach me about wine. Uh, they, I would travel the world with with uh, some of our clients and some of my colleagues. So it just really, um, wine just opened the rest of the world up to me. So that was what grabbed me. Um, but it was really just focusing on, on hard work, dedication, and making sure that uh, I, I felt like I wanted to make a name for myself from day one. Did you have a particular mentor um, that really gave you more help than anybody else in that period? I did. Um, you know, I had a few mentors. Uh, one of them is um, one of my good friends. She's still a friend, uh, Danielle Satani. She really helped me to grow in the administrative side of the business. And she was a great hands-on manager. But my, my biggest mentor is still my business partner, uh, Michael Jessen who at the time he was the auction director at Zaki's. Uh, he also, we've, we've worked together at every phase of my career. Um, and he's been a great friend, you know, really like a big brother and happy to call him my business partner now. So just tell us about your, your business. I and mean, obviously you picked up a lot of information and know-how uh, from Zaki's and adding to that your own worth eth- work ethic and your capacity to um, to sort of uh, build partnerships. Um, just tell us a bit about your your business then. Yes, uh, Crew Love is a a uh, a branding and marketing agency 
dedicated to blending wine and hip hop on the highest levels. I, I really uh, set out to pay reverence to both cultures and everything that we do. Hip hop is a very powerful marketing tool. And uh, during the course of my career, I saw wine being interjected into rap lyrics more and more. And the context that they're actually rapping about this stuff, they're not just saying, you know, drinking a bottle of red wine. They're saying, they're talking about drinking Petrus and drinking Lafitte. Uh, so it, it, I knew that there was something there very early on. Uh, also, hip hop is very aspirational. They, um, you know, they rap about a better life, rap about, they uh, create visions of uh, luxury and um, to, to inspire people. So I knew that there was something there. So I created Crew Love. Um, we, uh, we do a few things. We we blend wine, hot, wine and hip hop in a few ways. We created uh, wine. We create different wine labels and work uh, in consultancy with different wine brands. We also have a media component to that, which is um, wine and hip hop, our podcast. Aside from that, there is also an event component. So you know, just to take to step back. We create the product, we create the conversation around the product, and we create the activation around the product. And that's really how I see us bringing these cultures together. You, it's, it's really a, a three-step thing, and we feel poised to, to um, be a part of every step of the way. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you talk about um, this, the aspirational aspect of, of wine, and also, um, in your case, the fact that you're um you're creating a sort of a community almost um a rap based on obviously wine and based on your passion of uh, of rapping and then that has to be unique i mean i don't know if anybody else is doing that no there there i've noticed it's funny you know i started doing this in 2016 and since that i've i've seen a lot more wine and music uh pairings come together you know, I see other uh, sommeliers and other personalities now uh, pairing wine and hip hop. Um, so it's it's growing. And I feel very, very privileged to have been someone that was in, in the front of that wave. So for you, it's basically a case of the more the merrier. It's not like, um, hey, this is my little baby and I want to keep it for myself. You're really happy that the community, the wine community, community and the rapper community are, are getting, uh, you know, getting down on this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can't you can't set out and say that you are trying to create a culture and then uh, not want other people to contribute to the culture. Uh, so for me, I I truly believe in creating this wine and hip hop culture and to see more and more people embracing it. It inspires me and, and pushes me. And, you know, I reach out to these guys. I see where I can help them and um, and vice versa. So it's, it's really about community building and spreading the culture. Why is it, why has hip hop got that particular community aspect to it? I mean, you could say the heavy metal rock rockers there, you know, they have their bikes and they go on their weekends and stuff. Why is that the case? Why is it, why is, I mean, it seems like you've built this community quite easily, but I'm sure it's not the case. <laughs> Definitely. You know, when I started, I had people tell me that so many people told me that this was not going to work. You know, I had people tell me, you know, good on you for fighting the good fight. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, those are the same people that I see trying to make uh, wine and music pairings right now. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, hip hop is hip hop is black culture. You know, hip hop really stood out and put black culture on the map and it helped uh, American culture and global culture really see black men and black culture in America as as humans it humanized these stories that that were these horrific stories that were happening in the hood sometimes but also it talked about our celebration so i think hip hop really tells our story and because our story is a story of struggle you know struggle always bands people together and hip hop is really uh, an art form for the underdog and when you can connect with someone in that way, when someone's feeling alone and you're the only one that you may feel like the only one that understands them, uh, I think that goes a long way with with helping to uh, helping to spread hip hop music. Um, have you, are you um, aware of any Italian uh, wines that have links um, to hip hop, either in their um, names or? Anything, any links there, do you think? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I mean, a lot of hip-hop artists uh, talk about, um, well, hip, who is this? Uh, Mary J. Blige just recently, uh, she's a hip-hop artist. She recently released an Italian wine. Um, also, uh, I believe Drake mentioned wine from Piedmont once, uh, <laughs> which, which was, uh, pretty interesting. So when, when I hear those, uh, comparisons and those, uh, crossovers that always inspires me and gets me a little excited, but no, I mean, there, there's definitely an affinity for Italian wine and hip hop. Tell me about uh, Raekwon and the uh, Licata label. Yeah, yeah, that was that's actually a really really fun project. Um, Ray and I, uh, I, I, Ray and I connected uh, through his brother, and um, you know I found out that he was into wine, um, and he he loved wine. He he talked about it. He felt like that was something that was in his day-to-day lifestyle for where he was in his life. Um, so he expressed interest in, in creating a wine brand. And from there, we we went to Italy. We actually went to Vin Italy uh, together with a huge camera crew. <laughs> and um, we vetted as many Lambrusco producers as we possibly could um, and connected with Cantina Cece. Uh, who is a, a great partner. They make amazing wines. Um, my partner, Michael, uh, he helped to create a, a special blend um, uh, other than their, their regular Lambrusco. Uh, Raekwon designed the bottle. And, you know, the way that we all came together, it was truly an artist-created product and not a not a, an artist putting his face on the bottle. You know, Raekwon is is very hands on and into the business and into now integrating it into a lot of things that he's doing. So, you know that that this whole experience is just um, has just been awesome. You know, being at Vin Italy 
uh, with Raekwon in itself was a life changing experience. You know, this guy has been in the music business now for 30 years and uh, I'm, I'm in another country watching young people under that are like five years old coming up to him and asking for an autograph and old people that are in their sixties coming up to him, asking him for an autograph. So, you know, that was to go back to hip hop and wine. That is why I feel like it's such a great connection because it brings together almost every demographic race, uh, age, location it doesn't matter like everyone is connected to hip-hop in in some way and to be on the other side of the world and see this rapper embraced in this way it's you know it it, it's it proved everything that i was thinking about uh rappers and uh possibly having success in wine so with uh wu-tang being a global brand Raekwon being a big face uh, of Wu-Tang and such an an influential member of the group, it was just such a natural fit. Do you know what I find interesting about the choice of Lambrusco? It's a a wine that everybody often talks talks bad about, but it it is the everyday wine and the classic historical everyday wine of um, hardworking people in Italy with not much money. And uh, I think it's um, a very clever style of wine to have picked. I think it's a very yeah, very democratic style. And it's it's very approachable. You know, we wanted to attract uh entry level drinkers as well as please people with seasoned palates. And like you mentioned, everyone loves Lambrusco. And this style of Lambrusco, you know, it's richer, it's a deep purple, it it blends well with cocktails. Um it's just I feel like we really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, good for you. Okay, so um, tell me about your show. I think you have um, you have a guest who selects a hip hop artist, and you pair a wine with the with the with the music. Is that correct? Yes, yes. And you know, now with COVID, we've actually um, delved a bit more into pairing wine concepts with our guests. But um, you know, on each episode, we invite either. And we invite an influencer from either wine or hip hop, and we ask them to uh, to pick a select a song or a bottle of wine that's special to them. And I pick a pairing, which we'll discuss on the show. And that is how I learned about wine. You know, it it, it creates a very organic conversation about wine and hip hop. And generally when I would sit down with clients and winemakers and and other colleagues, I was the hip hop aficionado. So we would always get into these conversations. So I really wanted to recreate that experience and hope that I could bring people along to rediscover my journey into wine. What about COVID? Has that placed any limitations on the on, on your show, on recording it or interacting with guests? You know, COVID has had a few different effects. It, it definitely made uh, recording more difficult. And when I fr- when when COVID first hit, I was just like, OK, <laughs> what am I going to do? Every show is based on me drinking with these guests. Uh, so, you know, I thought about sending them bottles and then pairing them. But uh, there was so much logistics around that. It just seemed like we wouldn't be focusing on the show. So um, 
it has helped me to connect with people that I would not have been able to connect with until I came to their cities. So, for example, uh, one of our more popular shows with uh, Baxter Holmes, who's a sports writer for ESPN, um, I we, he and I have been talking for months. And, you know, when I'm in L.A., I may be there for just a day or so. And when he's in New York, it's the same thing. So we'd been talking about this interview and hadn't been able to connect. But Zoom really became the status quo for news shows, for late night TV, for almost everything. So with that becoming the status quo, I felt a little bit more comfortable to do more Zoom interviews. But uh, my primary focus with every episode is making sure that the listener can walk away loving and knowing a little bit more about both wine and hip hop. So I try to now pull that out of my guests. Uh, in the example of Baxter, uh, we we spoke about his journey into wine and also the NBA's lo- new love for wine. So, you know, just by talking about those stories, you can educate a crowd so much. So in your podcast, you mentioned getting turned on to London Grime hip-hop whilst filming a TV show in the UK. Um, Who should we know about or seek out to listen to? Oh, man. So many, so many. Uh, My favorite artist is uh, a lesser-known guy. Uh, Well, he's on the come-up. He's on the come-up, but it's a guy named Dig Dat. And he's a very, very sharp lyricist. Uh, The lyrics are a little rough at times, but I mean, you can listen to the way this guy is putting together metaphors and and using wordplay um, that he is so intelligent. And that's what is interesting to me about hip hop is that you can have a you can walk away from a conversation with someone and have no idea how deep they are. But, you know, this guy's making reference. He's making metaphors based on, you know, countries like uh, war places like Warsaw, you know, just mentioning things like that in his raps. It that's different for me from a U.S. artist because just a guy coming from the hood, his world, his global view is not as big as a lot of the artists um, that are coming out of the U.K. And so that that's very interesting to me. But more than anything else, it's it's fun to rediscover uh, a culture and the in England it looks like the uh, a flipped version of New York <laughs> you know it's just New York with accents and different cultural nuances so for me it's just very interesting getting to know those things that I'm familiar with on one end, but can be completely different on the other side of the world. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you've got this passion both for wine and and obviously um, for music, but it was music that first was your first love, wasn't it? Definitely, definitely. Music, music came natural to me very early. Uh, when I was probably about six years old, I would memorize songs really quickly. And this was before the days when you could look up a song on the internet you know, maybe you might get lucky and your favorite um, artist might print the lyrics to their words on the inside cover of the tape or CD. And I was just always obsessed with reading the credits, reading, looking the lyrics up 
and I would memorize lyrics. So I started to write lyrics for songs for people that wanted to have those lyrics and charging them um, <laughs> in school. So <laughs> that was my my first entry in, into rap at about six. And from there, you know, that natural ability to memorize the uh, other people's raps, you just kind of automatically start thinking of your own. And it was like autopilot for me. Are you, so, I mean, are you, are you glad you're not starting out in music right at this time? Yeah. You, you know, I, I'd walked, I'd actually walked away from music because, um, just like practically the music is, is a great hobby, but the job of music is, is completely different. And I think I, I left it because I loved it too much. And I felt like when the business got involved with music, that was when I fell out of love with it. Um, but <laughs> coincidentally, I was passionate about business and in school for business. So that is <laughs> coincidentally what attracted me to the wine business. Um, just seeing how many outlets there were uh, for opportunities. Um, working in wine auction, I had to service pretty much every kind of wine client that you can think of. Clients that had wine in storage, clients that purchased from retail. Um, we worked with uh, on the consignment side, so with uh, with collectors, with uh, distributors, uh, with restaurants. You know, every side of we worked with every side of the wine industry. So it really opened up my view. And after, after seeing that I could like travel the world and have fun doing it, it, it made rap less enticing because I would have to travel and be away from my family. And, you know, you'd be out late clubbing every night. I wanted to go to work and come home every day. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty much why I stopped rapping. Yeah, that's kind of your that's with your business head on, isn't it? And also your kind of social head on, the family, the family important. I mean, um, when Europeans visit New York City, they obviously normally focus on classic landmarks um, around Hatton. How uh, how would you entice somebody to 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 do something slightly unusual and get to know and love the Bronx? Mm, mm. Well, the Bronx has a place called Arthur Avenue. Um, with uh, very authentic Italian food. Um, so, you know, coming from Italy, I would definitely suggest coming to pay a visit to Arthur Avenue. A lot of the uh, early immigrants into New York um, went to that section of the Bronx. So it's very, very authentic, amazing food. I mean, like some of the best food that you will find in New York is in the Bronx on Arthur Avenue. Uh, but Aside from that, you know, who wouldn't want to come to the birthplace of hip hop to just see it one time and experience it and understand what it looks like? So, you know, hopefully that will get more people here. But come to Arthur Avenue. OK. Um, news media here in Europe have probably given um, a lot of attention to demonstrations in Portland and Minneapolis um, while similar demonstrations are happening all over the country. Can you can you just give us an in, an in into the tone um, in New York at the moment about what, everything that's going on 
um, in the country and also particularly with the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. Yeah. Well, in New York specifically, um, the tone, it's one where we're dealing, we're handling COVID very well in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, our infection rate is below 1%, which is awesome. Uh, and um, but people are sticking to the rules. They're wearing masks. Um, COVID has been very, very politicized. And, uh, you know, you find you'll you'll hear that from time to time. There are people that we call no non-maskers uh, <laughs> and they that are refusing to wear a mask. So little silly things like that happen. Um, but it's tough. You know, we have a president in office that likes to stoke racial tensions and um, people feel it. And, you know, it's a little scary to feel like they're manipulating the government in such a way that this man could remain in power. Um, so it, it it's a little scary and it's definitely something that we speak about very often. But you know, New York is an extremely resilient city, you know, just like Italy, you know, think about the way that Italy has handled the the COVID, you know, right now, one of the best in the world. Um, New New York is a very resilient city in that way. And um, we know that and we have that confidence. And so um, the tone when, when, when the protests first started in uh, Minneapolis and Portland, um, there were protests everywhere. Protests happened in, in across uh, almost every state, but there were protests and riots in New York as well. Uh, almost every borough was touched, um, but it was a, it was short lived, and um, you know it it thankfully passed. But it was very, very scary. You know, thank, thankfully there was nothing too close to my home. But, um, you know, you would see demonstrations go past like a couple streets away. Um, so the, the mood is, is a little uh, it's a little scary. People are concerned and we're really not happy with the racial tensions. But there are also a lot of good things coming out of this, like. I really like the wine industry's response to diversity and the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, there are several nonprofit organizations popping up that are offering scholarships and opportunities to people of color. And um, I think the wine industry really uh, took a hard look at itself and said, hey, we had some things that we need to change. And they are doing the work in, in changing those things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it is a particularly uh, white industry. And um, I think it's a legacy from, you know, it's a sort of kind of legacy of the history of, um, of wine, I suppose. And, and hopefully we'll see some change. Um, and as you say, encouraging uh, particularly younger people to, to see wine as a, as a potentially successful career. And obviously you're, you're a fantastic role model for that. Um, and um, the way that you handle yourself and your articulacy uh, and you and you're a fun guy as well so uh, um, you know, you're a great um, you're a great leader so just tell us a little bit more just plug a little bit more your business crewlovewine.com and your, and your podcast of, uh, of course yeah um, you know I'm I'm very fortunate you know I I, I was having a conversation with my mentor Michael um who told me, you know what, Jermaine, you're living your dreams. He's known me since the beginning of my career. So he knows 
how influential hip hop is to my DNA. And uh, he's been a great friend and someone that inspired me to approach the business in this way. But, you know, taking a, a, a step back and looking at this from a bird's eye view, I really started this company to change the perception of black men in America. You know, I noticed how uh, how differently I'd be treated at uh, at wine auctions after someone realized that I knew what I was talking about. It almost made people take me more seriously, uh, you know, immediately. I was I made sure I was dressed well. I knew what I was talking about and I was passionate about something that they were passionate about. And that is what connects people. You know, I can't I can't think of many other things that you can sit down and immediately have a passionate conversation with someone that you just met, you know, about the same thing. You know, you can do that with wine and you can do that with hip hop. So I just feel very fortunate to be in this position and uh, help to push these cultures forward and, and actually see traction. You know, um, we are aside from uh, aside from our podcast, we have developed several different uh, TV shows, which we're pushing and we're deciding the, the outlets that we want to put them out on. But, you know, for us to have a wine brand out, for us to have successful media out and uh, amazing events in the works, I truly do feel like I'm living my dream and I'm seeing other people connect with that and feel like this matches their dream. So I, I just feel very fortunate. Do you have any, I mean, you don't sound a, a political animal, but would you consider um, a political career you know, because you're very engaging and you're incredibly articulate <laughs> and you, you, know, but you seem that you, you have a fair-minded way of viewing the world. Whatever you talk about, you've got this sort of um, very balanced uh, view. Do you, it, would that interest you? You know, you've, made, you, you know you've, you've got your wine community, you've got your music community, you've got the people that listen to your community. Um, and uh, so you're someone that, you know, you've got that power to, to unite people. It's funny that you mentioned that there were, a few years ago, I was very involved in my old neighborhood in the Bronx's uh, community board, and I wanted to become the um, a city councilman for my district a while back. And I'm the type of person that if I if an idea gets in my head, I'm gonna study it. I want to learn everything about it. And uh, I was very passionate about uplifting my community and helping them see all the things that I saw, you know, bringing I, I, I had ideas about bringing more commerce into the neighborhoods. You know, you look around and you can tell a neighborhood that people are investing in because there's a there would be a ton of banks, you know, in, in the neighborhood that I grew up in. There's just a ton of grocery stores, <laughs> you know, what we call corner stores. Um, so I definitely thought about that, but honestly, I feel that, um, this business route that I've taken, I have, uh, a better opportunity to influence people and support, uh, a lot of the political policies that, that I like as well. Cool. Okay. Well, listen, we wish you, um, every success in your various endeavors. And um, you're, you're an ideas man and you've got some great ideas and they've been very successful for you. And um, we wish you um, continued, to, continued 
success, both with uh, your wine and hip hop.com, uh, with your podcast and crewwine.com. I, I appreciate it, you know, and, and thank you guys for having me. This is a great honor. This is a great honor. Well, we hope to see you in Italy. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm doing everything I can. You know, I'm really looking forward to coming to, uh, to Wine to Wine. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. I'll see you there. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jermaine. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. And you too. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.